should we tell everyone where we are and what we're... Yeah, you do it. The audience is Jimmy Fallon. Yes. I'm here with uh, Jim Farley, uh, and welcome to the podcast. That's not a takeover, this is Jim's podcast, but we're in the back of an F-150 Lightning, brand new, and it's unbelievable. I'm in Detroit. We just had the craziest day. You are awesome, man. You're a badass. Jim Farley is a badass, by the way. I probably don't have to tell you, but my guest today is the host of The Tonight Show. What impressed me most about Jimmy is his focus. Even as a teenager, he set the goal to be an SNL cast member, which he did by the time he was 24 years old. I don't know about you, but when I was 24, I was thinking about other things. You won't also be surprised that our whole conversation was recorded in the backseat of an F-150. And that's why it sounds a little different. Jimmy came to visit us in Detroit and we took him out on the test track. And I have to confess, he was an okay driver. This is Drive and I'm Jim Farley. We went in the F-150. I yes. went from zero to 90 in about two seconds or something. It was, <laughs> it was perfect. You're like really good driver. No. Like when you hit the throttle, we we're actually a little bit off center and the truck kind of corrected and you were like, you handle it like totally naturally. Like no, you're a natural. I think, oh, I, think, I, what, I, think yeah. I passed out for two seconds. What That's why I look like I was a normal, but I was freaking out. When you see how much sweat is in my armpit, my, my shirt is destroyed. Yeah. It was, and then you go, you go, great, now we're going to go fast. And I go, what are you talking about, Jim? We just went fast. And you go, no, no, no. We're going to get into this. What was it? An it was an Australian supercar, V8 supercar, which is like, it's like the fastest racing series outside of like North American Europe. But what is all those gadgets that you had? Because first of all, someone had to hand you the steering wheel, which I've never yeah, seen. Yeah, well, because because if you want to get in and out fast, they're designed to race, so the steering wheel is detachable. So you can get in and out a lot easier. And what did, the, there was like three levers to the left of you and then like four Yeah, so buttons. the buttons are all like controlling the brake bias. So let's say you're on a track and it's and all the turns are right then you can adjust the brake bias so that when you stamp on the brake, the actual car turns normally. Like you and me are on a racetrack and it's just you and me, normally 20 other people, and they're all really good skills. Those little things make a big difference. When did you start learning this? I, um, I didn't have a lot of money growing up, so I yeah. couldn't do it when I was a kid. Um, but I like, I like buying and selling flipping cars. Yep. So um, even though I'm an auto executive, I've always done that. So and uh, I flipped a car and the guy who, um, uh, it was a Cobra, it was worth a lot of money. It was my first big car. And he, he said, Jim, I have cancer and I really like you and I want you to buy my car, but I'm, because I'm not gonna make it. I just wanted to go to someone I like and I know we'll take care of the car, but I have one request if you buy this car you have to race it because it was originally built by Ford as a race car. <laughs> and so I bought the car and I did it. I just went to racing school because I want to honor his request. And uh, I really liked that. I like the people at the track. And I've realized like you work, my work is so dominating in my life that I don't have a way of getting away from it, but I don't want to be away too long, but I want something like an hour a week or two hours a week or something. And when I do it, I don't think of anything else. Yeah. So that's what racing well, that's is why I thought that was funny what you said to me because I was in the car with you and I go, have you done this before or something like that? And you're like, 
Uh, not really, my first time. But you go, you go honestly. Uh, yeah, this is what I do for a hobby. You go, yeah. Jimmy. I don't golf, <laughs> and that maybe. And then you, we went like 150 miles an hour. 150, we were going. Yeah, yeah. What's the fastest you've ever gone? Uh, at Lamar, a little over 200 in the rain at night. So no. I, I was really glad to get out of the car because it's really stressful. Your lights stop working, and then you go on that fast. Your lights don't really see ahead, you know. And there's other cars around you. All you see is the spray in front of you. You're going 200. Everything's going really fast. That's the most stressful I've ever been in. Like I got out of the race car after it. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad I'm alive. No. Yeah. But I mean, I, when you watch on TV and I'm, you know, from, you don't, you have no idea. You just look like a car's going around in a circle. Yes. Yeah. But honestly, I don't even know mentally how long I could. How long can people? I think an maybe three hours is the most your mind your mind goes concentrating it's too to much stuff yeah you have Mental to really go. but it's same as your show but when I'm, you're doing the show do you kind of lose track of time oh i have no idea exactly yeah i, do. I lose track yeah, of time totally I, when you're having fun it's like time flies when you're having fun right bingo so like, how did you know you were gonna have fun doing that i i, I think when i was a kid you know i i I loved comedy, and my parents used to laugh. You know, the great—they're Irish Catholic family. We used to always have parties, and they loved to laugh, and and uh, they loved Saturday Night Live. And then I remember getting comedy records, like stand-up comedy records, and Rodney Dangerfield. That guy's amazing. Was the guy? I used to like my parents. Did you really like records? They would pay me fifty cents to do Rodney's act at like parties. So I would put on my dad's. Tie. How old were you? Probably. Seven or something? No or? way. And you'd yeah. be like, I go, oh, did you go to the, the wife? I go, I'll tell you, my wife's cooking so bad. I mean, since when is toast have bones? You know? <laughs> I, I said, uh, she told me to take out the trash. I said, you cooked it, you take it out. All right. <laughs> yeah, so I would do this whole act and uh, I would get 50 cents for it. And I go, oh, I got the bug. You know? Oh, okay. and, I, and I wanted to make people laugh. And I remember uh, I was senior in high school, 17 or 16, and my mom heard about an impression contest on the radio. And she said, uh, Jimmy, you should enter this contest because you do great voices. I hear all the voices you do in your in your bedroom. I go, what What else do you hear? <laughs> how, how Too thin, much information, yeah, how, th how thin are the walls? Yeah, I got to make sure. No, yeah, I got to put some dampers by my bedroom. I go, all right, but, so I entered this contest in a Bananas Comedy Club in Poughkeepsie, New York. Okay. And it was a uh, uh, world's funniest comedian in the Hudson Valley. And so what I did was impressions of all these different famous people, celebrities, auditioning for the uh, for a troll doll. You remember those dolls? Oh, yeah, totally, with the crazy hair, yeah. different colors. Yep. So someone gave me a troll doll for my for graduating that year. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. So I go, all right, I'll make an act out of it. So I would do different celebrities auditioning. So I go, all right, first up, uh, John Travolta. Yeah. Like, She's like, sweet guy, like, look. <laughs> Look at his hair, right? Like this, like crazy. Like who does his hair like this? I can't believe this does it. And then I do like Adam Sandler or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know whatever. And so I ended up winning the contest. No way. And I got like a thousand dollars. And you had never performed. Like you'd never. never been in front. Were you nervous? I was so nervous, and it felt like it was. That felt like it was four hours, and I was only on stage for like two minutes. And then I got home and I remember putting all the money, like it was a thousand dollars. And I put it wow. out on my kitchen table and I took a photo, a picture of it. This is back when you had 12 photos in a camera roll. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. every picture had to count for something. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I remember taking a picture of it and going like, if I can make a thousand dollars in two minutes, this is a great career. That was the last time I ever made that much money. <laughs> of course, things worked out for yeah, me, yeah, but yeah. you know, as a comedian, you don't make that much money. Yeah. But I, I got the bug there and then I started doing clubs and. 
that, that club, Banana said, we'd love for you to come back every week and be the MC and just kind of no build way. your act. Yeah. So I couldn't even drive them. My dad had to drive me. Do you think being so amazing at impressions or music, everything you're good at, how much of that is you're born or learned? You know, I had a good ear when I was a kid, but I remember like my dad used to sing doo-wop in Brooklyn, you know, and so he loved music. So he was always teaching us, he was always singing. We always had the radio on. My mom loved music. Yeah, my dad's like, we could be a band. You know, we're the Jackson Five, you know, the Fallon Four, whatever. <laughs> and my mom really couldn't uh, harmonize. Amazing. They were fun. My, yeah. They were just fun people and characters. My mom, she's not with us anymore, but uh, she passed away four years ago. But they would come over and they can't hear each other, you know, at, at this point. So all the whole conversation is, huh? And then she goes, what? He goes, oh, I wasn't talking to you. She's like, you talking to me? He goes, no, I wasn't talking. Why are you it's not like, talking to me? Abbott and Costello. Oh, it's the dumbest Who's thing. Oh, it's so dumb. And they get in fights, and I go, oh my gosh. And it just you know, arguing back and forth. So did they, did uh, she come to any of the performances? Yeah, all, I mean, she was my number one fan. I mean, okay. My mom was. Did she? Did you ever do something she was embarrassed? Or, or like, Jim, you went too far? I would do her voice every now and you then. You did? And okay. she wouldn't like that as yeah. much. But yeah. then, uh, you know, I did this independent movie once, and, uh, they, like we have to cast your someone playing your mom in the past, and they cast Sharon Stone to play my mother. No way. And my mother was like, "Finally, <laughs> good casting. I look exactly like Sharon Stone. <laughs> Finally, they can." I go, it went right to her head. I go, "You gotta be kidding me, man!" So she loved that. Yeah. That was the best. But she loved anything I would do. She would love. She would call me like, "You're on Ellen." Right now, I go, I know, Mama, it was me. I was, <laughs> I was on that one, yeah. Uh, when I got The Tonight Show, the local news uh, had a trivia game. Trivia about Jimmy, she goes, you're on TV right now. Jimmy Fallon trivia is on TV. And and she's answering the questions. <laughs> I go, hey, by the way, this game's not for you and dad. He's like, where was Jimmy Fallon born? It's like, Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. Like, of course you what? know where I'm born. <laughs> This game isn't for you. But you know, it could be worse. She could have gotten them all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been real bad. But they were fun, you know, and yeah, that's cool. and, and my, my dad's that's still really cool. fun and I see him all the time. And you know, I make him sing with me, you know, I'll go oh, over his house cool. and we'll sing doo up and you know, he still loves music and you know, now he has he talks to Alexa so he can go, What? Huh? Alexa, stop! Huh? What? You know, my now, mom did you because uh, I came from uh Irish family too. Did you have any loud people in your family? Like they were like excessively <laughs> loud for the situation? Yes. Like, Cause my wife didn't know any about that. So she, we went to a family room and she's like, what the hell is wrong with your family? Everyone is shouting at each other. Wherever Do you have that? Go, my dad is so loud. People would come up to him and be like, can you please quiet down? Like, well, we're in the quiet car here of the train. He's like, no, we're not in the quiet car. He's like, I know that's how loud you are. Three cars away, we can hear how loud you are. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, everyone's loud, and you know, and yeah. then someone would cry. Yeah, you know, that's the way Irish. People well, the are. other other thing, I don't know about your family, but we had a couple of odd like fights uh, among <laughs> the men, and we had to go to the church the next day, and my dad's like, "You can't talk to your cousins." I'm like, Dad, what's wrong with your eye? It's all. <laughs> you can't talk to them anymore. They're not. Yeah. And my mom's like, oh, Your dad got in a fight with his brother. You know, just don't talk to your cousins <laughs> at church. I'm yeah. like, Well, Dad's like a, 
an was old your family guy. religious? I know Chris was totally. Was, oh yeah, but there were all these <laughs> hacks. So my dad would go, you know, just be an altar boy. It goes out a lot faster. <laughs> and then as soon as we get in the parking, you know, he's like, get the hell out of my way. And my wife's like, Jim, we just can't out of church. church. What are you doing? He's like, that asshole just cut me off. Like, That's exactly right. It's like, wait a minute, but that we, we were just, just in church. He's like, I'll confess about this tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. I wanted to be a priest. What happened? I think girls. <laughs> <laughs> I think just the idea of girls. But like every that. Irish mom, like if you're a if you're a priest, that's like a huge deal. Yo, it's an honor to have your son to get yeah. the gift. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I was a great altar boy. Which you were? I, I, I remember, uh, I think I was talking to Bill Maher, and he was like, I think you got your performing from being an altar boy because oh. that's probably your first time on stage. If you think about it, that's true. You're on stage. I mean, you're, it's you're, true. Everyone's watching. Everyone's you. watching. A couple times, I would like lose place where I am, and I'd be like, "No, no what the to worst do next. part. The worst yeah. part is when you start giggling." Yeah. <laughs> or at a funeral or something. I remember there was one funeral, and the, and the priest had squeaky shoes, and it's not funny necessarily. But when it's quiet and it's yeah. sad, and it's a funeral. It's the funniest thing in the world. And every time he walked. I would go, oh my gosh. And I imagine me and, oh my heart to leave. I had to go backstage and like, I would be shaking. I'd be, I'd be shaking and sweating. Okay, there's yeah. something wrong with Jimmy. When you see a Ford sign, when we, we pass a couple yeah. of Fords, do you get goosebumps? Do you go, wow, that's me? Uh, I, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Like I go into like, especially dealers in the middle of nowhere and I'll go in and I'll like, how, how many did you sell this week? <laughs> and they're like, so oh who's my. asking? Like, and I'm uh, like, oh no, I, I'm just from the company. And then, you know, you're like, uh, this is an undercover boss, dude. I'm not wearing a, a yeah, fake mustache. Exactly. And a hat. This is but me. I do that a lot. I do the undercover boss thing a lot. You do. And the dealerships, yeah. I go in and then and then I'll send a note <laughs> to the dealer afterwards, like, yeah, and your bathrooms are kind of dirty. And uh, he goes, why didn't you tell us you were coming? That's the whole point. Like the whole point. Yeah, so when did your grandfather, he was a Ford. Yeah, he was a 389th employee. No. And, uh, and he was an orf, like he had nothing. So when he got his job at Ford, it totally changed his life, put us all through education. My mom went to college. 389th yeah. employee of yeah. Ford. In fact, when I joined the company, I didn't know much because he was a really humble guy. And um, so I I, went, I I joined the first day and I was like, do we have an archivist? And they're like, yeah, yeah. C could I talk to them? Sure. I came in and I was like, my grandfather's name, Emma Tracy, could you look him up? And the guy called me back and he's like, Mr. Farley, your grandfather's like a really early employee, like first couple hundred. And we have his badge. And I never seen a picture of him when he was a young man because he had no money. Oh. And back then, God. photographs were really expensive. And so he brought the badge up and Jeez. he looked just like one of my cousins, or my cousin looked like him. And I was like, oh my God, look how young he is. He's like 14. He is actually, my grandpa wasn't just an old man. Yes, was, exactly. I didn't know. A kid. I didn't know. Yeah, and I, yeah, wow. I, and I got all his pay stubs and like, when he got reprimanded, he did bad stuff. It was in it, like in the Ford. It's in the files? Yeah, it's in the files. So yeah, he, um, he where we're going, he worked at the Rouge in the foundry and that that's like the first thing we do. We get the iron ore from Minnesota and Wisconsin and we turn it into steel that makes the cars. And he worked there and it's like 200 degrees inside. I mean, inside. he's gotta be smiling right Yeah, now. I think so. I think so. Someone asked me like, what would your grandfather say right now? And I said, I think he'd say to get back to work. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah, know. he's one of those guys. Yeah, 
the thing I like about it is that I think both of us that we yeah. have fun at what we're doing. Totally. And, and do you ever think that you would do this? No. Would you no. think you'd be a race car driver? No. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a product planner who invents the new products that no one has. That's all I wanted to do. I love so I, with inventions. Yeah. I have a new invention. Can I put you in an invention? Okay. Go for it. Because I, I I think any back pills or any of those like Advil yes, or Aleve, yes, yes. there should be a string attached to the cap. Because when you drop the cap, when you have a bad back, that is the <laughs> worst thing in the world. You open up the Aleve. First of all, that's hard enough. Yeah. Like my back hurts me. I, I can't even open this thing. Then you open it and you drop the cap. And but you like, can't move. You can't bend down to pick yeah. it up. So just so have it string. attached. The cap should always be attached to the Aleve. That's so, a- you know, um, so let's talk about this, what you're saying, because, you know, um, Homer Simpson had a, invented a car. It was called the Homer, and it had a beer dispenser and a donut maker in it. So, like, <laughs> and, and so the, the Home V. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, have you ever thought of that kind of invention for cars? Because I'm quite interested. Well, I got one, I've got my F-150. Uh, yes. Of- probably seven years ago now. I, I I always liked those kind of chrome toolboxes in the yes, back of a yes, truck. Yeah, with the diamond. Yes. They have like the diamond. Yes. Cut, yeah. For extra grip. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, or just to be a Like ass. I'm gonna stand on that thing. <laughs> I don't know what that's for. Yeah. So I go, but it looks cool. And they're like, what do you do with that? And they go, you put tools in it. And I go, I'm not gonna put tools in my Yeah, yeah. What am I gonna do with tools? Yeah. I mean, seriously. But you like the way it looked. It looks cool. It looks yeah. rugged. Yeah. So I got that. And then I asked my buddy, does like these custom cars stuff. I go, is there any way I could put a popcorn maker in this thing? <laughs> in go, the toolbox. In the toolbox. So he built hydraulics. You press a button, and out of nowhere, this popcorn machine rises out of the no thing. Way. And And then it's also, I had to put a separate battery in just to, to power, power that. Yeah, yeah. Popcorn. We don't make the battery big enough to power that when it's like not started. No. Yeah. So, yeah. so you needed a supplemental battery. Yeah. So I had a supplemental battery for that popcorn machine. Thinking it's the coolest thing ever. And then the other side of the toolbox was just kernels, you know, bags, popcorn yeah. bags to get to, you know. Right. I thought I was going to like go to the beach and like make them. Have you kids. ever, has Jimmy Fallon ever gone to a place unannounced to make popcorn and gave it out to people? I did it once. And what happened? No, there was no one there. <laughs> so it was a big flop. I made all this popcorn. There was no one there. I go, hey, I'm like, this is like my big moment. Then I'm like, do I have to go to like a grocery store parking lot? And then how sad is that? Then I go, it's almost too sad. Oh, so I go, that's funny. And then my kids, they were impressed maybe the first time. And then they were like, let's just, can we make this indoors? Like, why are we And the guy that customized that certainly had never seen that request before. No. No, this was yeah. absolutely out of the ordinary. I posted it on Twitter and everyone went nuts. And I, Blake Shelton came on the show and I said, Blake, I got an F-150, man. He's like, why, why on the hell, why on the hell you get a truck? That, what, that, that's not right. What, you better make sure that thing gets some mud on it. And I go, I, where I drive, I don't, I, there's no mud, no mud where I go. He's like, that's why you shouldn't get a truck. You, you, I can't even believe, I almost can't talk to you right now. So when I drive, I actually go out of my way. I, I hit a puddle. I just go over and hit a puddle just to wait till it dries, and then I take a go. Blake, you wouldn't believe. It. I went. I went off road today. <laughs> we should have you and him at our test track for the F one fifty, the off road test track. Oh, how yeah. muddy can you get? Oh, you have no idea. We have some F one fifties. The world's biggest gold mine is in Nevada, in the world, and it's all underground. Oh, and. 
the trucks they use, they're so excited about the electric at 150 because they used to all the emissions oh. and they've never had a zero emission truck. But they are underground their I whole didn't life. think about that. They're, yeah, it's huge for them. Because they can't, and what are they even using? It can't be gas, right? They have gas, but they have these huge fans that suck the emission out of the mines because there's all people down there. No. And it's like miles down there. I remember driving a forklift. I worked at a beverage center and I drove yep. a forklift and it was like a- The propane probably. Propane yeah. tank. Yeah. And people would just get high off the tank. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to pass out. I'm like, all right, well, I can cover you for a half hour. Yes, you you can nap in the uh, in the cooler, I guess. But it's like, I can't even imagine so this being is like, an underground mine going- Yeah, all day, all night. This and is going to change the game. For totally, me. totally. There, and so that's why I went. I was like, we, we want you to get early prototypes of the Lightning to to uh, and they're like we'd love to do that. We want to test them. Give us fifty. And the cool thing is they're submerged underwater, like four feet of water and mud underneath. And these trucks are literally underground, and they look like they're from Mars because they have all this dripping mud. Like if you saw it, if I showed you them, you'd be like, "What the hell is going yeah, on is with it? those trucks?" But that's how people use the F-150. We have F-150s in the north of Alaska. If they stop working, people die because it's like yeah. 50 below zero they and they're that. 50 miles from anything. Stops working, you know, but when you yeah. really understand how people use these products, we make a million of these a year in the plant you're going to, one million. One million? One million a year. It's just like, insane. Uh, so this is our territory. Those are all trucks. We make thousands every day. Uh, at the factory you're gonna go to, and this is called the Glass House. This is our world headquarters. Henry Ford was born right around the corner uh, from here. He started Henry Ford Museum to educate the children of the factory workers. He started Greenfield Village. It's a, you know, hundreds of acres, and he bought the Wright Brothers Cycle Shop, the first courthouse for Abraham Lincoln. He moved it all here so he could teach the children of the factory workers. It's all here? Yes, about American history. Does anyone know that? I don't That's think here? most people, like in New York, no. They, they don't know much about New Jersey. They really don't. New Yorkers <laughs> just stay in New York. Yeah. In fact, so, I don't even know if I've taken my kids to see Statue of Liberty. They know it exists, but I'm like, we so, don't do that stuff. The guy who inaugurated the Henry Ford Museum was Thomas Edison, and they were best friends. And um, it's like, like, what'd you do today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh I invented God. the photograph. Yeah, what'd exactly. you do? Oh, uh, yeah, I was the, uh, I was trying to think of how maybe attaching the cap to an Aleve bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, I'd be, be thrown out of the house. <laughs> You're a moron. <laughs> we can't hang out with you anymore. Your ideas are you're an idiot. <laughs> and that's our test track right there. You can see, and it's very large. It's our home test track. And that the origin of that is Mr. Ford got really excited about aviation, and so he invented the tri-motor, which was the first commercial airplane. We developed the first airport hotel and that was the runway for our tri-motor business. He was the richest man in the world, but he wanted to democratize air flight. And Charles Lindbergh helped him start that business together. So yeah, when you drive around Dearborn, it's like everywhere you look is, is something kind of amazing. American history. Yeah. That's pretty, it's yeah. just insane when you think about what he did and what he did for the world as we know it, changed it. Totally, I mean, he, I'm so proud to, you know, serve the company. Sorry, thinking about my grandfather. Um, he, uh, like my grandparents, you know, they had nothing, uh, but he introduced the $5 a day wage and people came from the South, you know, who were 
children of slaves. They had nothing. And um, the largest Middle Eastern community in the country is here in Dearborn because people came from the Middle East to work in our plant and they developed uh, their own Islamic community here. By the way, that's the Lions practice facility and, and um, um, Bill Ford's yeah. uh, father owns the Lions. So. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm a Packer fan, so well, it's really they're... awkward on Monday morning. Better keep practicing, guys. <laughs> I saw the game last week. Yeah, now, I, now I see why the uh, parking lot's full. Gosh, <laughs> practice facility. Do they know where it is? <laughs> I can say that because I'm not from here. I'm, al I'm allowed to say oh, that. I, I, I'll have to explain how this interview went from Mr. Ford. Here we go. Jimmy, Jimmy representing our product. <laughs> oh no. Someone's going to get in trouble. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we're close. We're like, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty close to the plant. And, um, so this is the largest industrial campus in the United States. We're building a bigger one in Tennessee for our, for, for, some of our electric vehicles, but this is the biggest. It was, it took four years to build. It was started in 1928. And the only time we've ever shut down this plant from 1928 until this day was during COVID. We never shut down during World War II. Um, How did you get through COVID? I was in the plant. I had just become the CEO of the company. And How'd you keep the, union, the union guy came on and we were just having a meeting there. And the head of the union came in and said, Jim, the workers are starting to leave their workstation. They think it's unsafe to work with all these other people. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we got to do something. And I looked ahead in manufacturing and I said, let's shut it all down. And we shut every plant down. And uh, we were down for two months and we went through $10 billion of cash, Jesus. which is about half our cash. Um, and we didn't know what would happen. We shut everything You're down. the leader, so everyone's looking yeah. at you, so you gotta and, be calm and you gotta go, yeah. oh yeah. So the weirdest thing happened, I'm so glad you asked about this, because as soon as it happened, the newscasters started saying, hey, you know, we're short on this stuff called PPE and there's not enough ventilators. And our team, no. without anyone asking them, not Ford asking, months wow. before the government said, we are gonna figure this out. Wow. We converted one of our facilities to making PPE. PPE. We called around from 3M and other companies. Within two days, we were making the stuff. God, you don't think and, about who's making these. Yeah, things. and then we started getting ventilators. People drove around the country to um, to go to ventilator manufacturers. because we know how to manufacture at volume. And you know, there's a, a lot of people who know how to make small volume, very complicated things. There's a lot of people who know how to make simple things in high volume. Very few people know how to make complicated things in yeah. high volume. So this is the site on the right. It's yeah. a couple miles long. That's our steel mill that makes wow. all the steel for the F-150. Oh my God. Um, and, uh, this is so cool. And uh, yeah, this is like American manufacturing, man. You're in this the middle of it. So and, cool. And this has, been, uh, this has been our place since 1928. Um, we've been upgrading for environmental to, to cool and heat the place. We put grass on the roof now. We have solar energy. Now we're really trying to make it a totally green facility. Did, now, did you and, get like flack for doing that stuff or even suggesting that you go electric or make the F-150 electric? The, people just, you know, people are scared of change. And yeah. sometimes you gotta just stand out in front of the line and say, it'll be okay. We're gonna trust do me. this right, but trust Do us. it together. Yeah. So here, here's the plant. This is just a small portion of it. Um, this is our stamping plant on the left where we stamp all the aluminum pieces. We were the first company to go aluminum 
So the whole F-150 body structure is made out of aluminum. <laughs> we had to build two aluminum plants because um, no one had ever made this much aluminum. Most aluminums are for cans. And they were like, well, the aluminum industry is like, well, we have to double the production of all aluminum in the United States if you go aluminum with the F-150. And and we didn't want our competitor, because it's gonna be so light, it's 500 pounds lighter, this truck, than our competitors. We didn't want them to find out. So we built, um, seven six eighth size pickup trucks and we drove them around the gm proving grounds <laughs> i think that we're gonna make our trucks smaller That's genius. And, and they were like oh they're gonna make the f-150 smaller. smaller so if they heard rumors that we're going aluminum they they would not Brilliant. they wouldn't think about it therefore no one followed us and we were we got better fuel economy but it handles better, better yeah it's everything's I mean, better now with electric it's it makes it even better better so yeah, so now we're coming in the site, and there's probably about 10,000 people, Americans, who come here every day. We just went past the security gate. Yes. I want to say, and the guy recognized me and gave me, said, <laughs> Did go he? right in. No. <laughs> Everyone will recognize I, you. I think, it was, you. I think it was you. I think it was you. So um, we bring in all the raw materials, sand for, for glass, uh, steel, uh, iron ore from the Great Lakes. So we have boats that come into the plant, and we make our own steel, and this is the... Uh, where we make the F-150 Lightning in this building, which you're gonna go to. And it's in the middle of this huge site where we make all the f 150 And what are you expanding it? And we are, we are already, <laughs> when they first came to me, they're like, my team was like, we think we should capacitize to 20,000 units. I'm like, isn't Elon Musk building a plant in like for 100,000 vehicles? On Mars? Yeah. <laughs> why? If we're the truck leader, why do we want him to build more trucks than us? I was like, yeah, 70,000. I don't know. Now, see all the construction? Yep. We're building those sides so we can build 150,000. Yeah, so, that's exactly what so, I'm talking about. <laughs> that's great. Sometimes. So, I don't know. I just, I didn't want to, I thought we could do better than him. Well, look at the, everyone's working here. There's someone on a smoke break over there. That, oh, wait, he plays for the Lions. <laughs> hey, keep it up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't really. Unbelievable. These guys are amazing. So, yeah, everyone's nervous. Everyone's there's a lot of security people because Jimmy Fallon's coming to our plant. <laughs> so, there's a lot of people uh, excited about your visit. So, well, I will never forget this day. Cool. Jim yeah. Charlie, you're up, buddy. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you Jimmy. Drive is produced by Jesse Baker and Eric Newsom of Magnificent Noise. Our production staff includes Julian Att, Eva Walchover, and Kristen Muller with help from Lori Arpin, Krista Gentile, Max Owen Dunell, Catherine Sanders, Darnell Macon, and Mark Truby. Our host is Jim Farley, and this is Drive.